You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Hey, I've titled this message today, Inside Out. And I just want to share a thought with you under this premise. Um, I want to start asking you a question. And for some of you, this will be a little bit harder to answer just because of the length of time. But do you remember the first song you've ever learned? Like the very first song. You might not remember, but somebody told you, hey, the first song you ever sang was this song. Do you remember what it was? You can shout it to me. It's okay. A, B, C, D. Any itsy bitsy spiders out there? Uh-huh. Any, any, any tw- wheels on the bus. There you go. Our daughters love that. You were on the bush. <laughs> love it. One of them says bush. The other them says bus. That's how we tell them apart. Oh, <laughs> You know, I think uh, the ABC song is an interesting song. And I think the composer wrote it to trick the kids. To like lead them into this idea that, oh, look, I really know a song. And then when it gets to the L, it all goes downhill. (laughs) Think about it. Like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. I'm doing good, right? And then let's put in five letters in one bar (laughs) with just to see, you know, L, M, N, O, There's no child that's ever going to be able to say that. (laughs) Four consonants, one vowel, go for that. Let's see if you're that smart. (laughs) It's just to equalize their sense of pride and and humility. Oh, yeah, you're feeling good about yourself? Let's make you humble. L-M-N-O-P. Of course you're going to get the mini-mini-O-P. That's what our kids say. Yeah. I don't know if some of you are old enough or young enough. Some of you are young enough to have uh, put your parents through the arduous task of enduring that purple dinosaur. Right? And if, yeah, yes, I see some of you in the back. Yeah, you might sense some frustration in my voice right now. Because we have toddlers in the house and multiple Barney DVDs. And I will tell you, if that wouldn't cause a a total meltdown, there would be a fire this afternoon in my house. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't don't dislike Barney that much. But Alini did mention that it makes her feel like she wants to have another baby. Here's the reason why we don't want another baby. We just don't want to have to go through another season of Barney. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, our kids actually have been singing themselves to sleep. And I'm just going to give you, just indulge me for a minute, okay? I know this has been, a, was supposed to be way shorter than what I'm just sharing now. But <laughs> they were singing themselves to sleep the other night. We put them all in the same room. And they were singing themselves to sleep. And they went through all the songs that you guys mentioned. You know, Itsy Bitsy Spider and ABCD and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, which is the same melody. I don't know if you noticed. They're just like, uh, let's not write another melody. Just put it into the ABCD. So, and then they come up with a new number. Off the top of their lungs, these kids are singing Grand Old Flag. <laughs> You're a grand old 
flag, you're a high flying flag, and forever in peace may you wave. And I just looked at Alini and I'm like, I'm proud of them. <laughs> you're the anthem of the flag. Do you know the song? The land of the free and the Yes. America. I love it. No, there's, there's something about a song, and that we, we learn that from early on. There's something about a song that connects to the deepest part of us. It communicates to us in a way that no other art form really communicates. It just goes straight into the heart. Songs have a way of changing the mood and the atmosphere and changing the way you feel at that specific time. I don't know if you're like me, but I have some playlists on my phone. On my iTunes, I got some playlists there for different situations. You know, if I'm outside with my kids, I want something a little bit more upbeat. So I'll take a little Justin Bieber. Don't judge me. Okay, sorry is a good song. Like, just, it's a good vibe. But, you know, if, if I'm cooking, I don't want Bieber in my kitchen. I'll invite in Dean Martin singing, singing some Volare, huh? Volare, yeah. Yeah, you go. You know, I'll, I'll invite in some, some Louis Armstrong. Huh? La Vie and Rose, anybody? Huh? That puts me in the mood to chop some onions, dice some tomatoes. There you go. Ella Fitzgerald. I just downloaded a, a, a few songs from her. Yeah. And, 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 and so that's, you know, it just sets the mood. It's something about it. If I want to sit down with my wife at the couch and have a good conversation, which we do, we enjoy each other's company and we have good conversations, I don't want Bieber that either, there either, because I'm not sorry. <laughs> so I invite in Frank Sinatra. Or is it Sinatra? Good, old blue eyes. You know, he can come in and, and, and set the mood and, 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 you know, help us out. And, you know, now if, I, if I'm preparing for a message, if I'm trying to focus and read the scriptures, I like some good worship. Because there's nothing like some good worship to just put you in a place of, of meditation and prayer and just to, to help you focus on God. And, and music has this ability to connect to these very basic elementary levels of emotion and, and part of us. Music does that. In fact, you've heard Alini shared the other day here that um, there, during that season, and some of, for those of you who don't know, we went through a season in 2014 that was really hard. We didn't know if, if the twins that Alini was carrying, Pepe and Cloco, were going to survive. They were sharing the same amniotic sac, and we could, we could see that the, 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 the umbilical cords were tangled. So if you... If you are not familiar with that, twins typically, they, they are in the womb in separate uh, environments. Like they, they don't touch each other. They are separated by a membrane. But our daughters split so late that they were in the same environment. So the, the cords got entangled early on. And when, as the babies grew and they tugged on those cords, the cords had to grow. And we really had to go to the hospital four or five times a week in Danbury, so they could monitor to see if we had a heartbeat. And it was a season of uncertainty. Uncertainty on every level. But that was the big uncertainty. Are the babies going to survive? And that just, every 
day that we had to drive up, that one hour of wondering if we're going to hear a heartbeat or not could have gotten us down. But little Maya, three-year-old Maya, she would get in the car and do a, make a song request. Daddy, can you play Steady My Heart on repeat, volume number nine? She would look at me, adjust the volume to make sure that we could hear the song, and put it on repeat. For one hour, we would sing that, hear that song again and again and again. And the lyrics of the song say, when my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice, I hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. You steady my heart. You steady my heart. And I got to tell you, it was a season in our lives where everything was uncertain. There was no steadiness. Our jobs were uncertain, are uncertain. Our future in Connecticut was uncertain. The church hadn't started, so that was uncertain. We didn't know if it was going to take off. And now we have actual children, our offspring, in my wife's belly. Their lives were, was uncertain. Everything was uncertain. But little Maya connected to this song that was way above her age. But something happened that, that she connected to it and she would request and we would play it. And through that experience of listening to those lyrics and listening to that song again and again and again, we were reminded that God was the one who steadied our lives, that he was our provider. And worship has this ability of doing that as many of you experienced that here today. Maybe you came in with a heavy heart, or maybe you came in worried, but at some point today, you were, your mind was free, and you were able to just focus on the goodness of God. Um, you know, I believe that music does that because, because of that, that ability or that capacity that music has, unlike any other art form, to connect to the very elementary, basic emotions that we have. And through that, in these emotions, at that level, it's the level that we can all connect. It doesn't matter where you're from, what corner of the world you're from. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. You could be sitting here and have a million dollars in the bank not knowing what to do with because you have everything you want. Or maybe you're sitting here and you have five bucks in your wallet and that's all you have. We can connect at that level, at that basic level. You know, maybe you're young here, maybe you're in high school or college, or maybe you're already retired and you're enjoying the fruit of your hard work. We all can connect at the level of these basic emotions because we all, to some extent, have suffered. We all, to some extent, have experienced pain and, and sadness and joy. And we have experienced this, this deep, deep sense of need for happiness. We all have experienced some kind of injustice. That's why we can connect to people who we don't know, who are across the nation, who have suffered injustice. We can empathize with them, even though we haven't gone through the very same experience. At the basic level, we carry these emotions. And even though we haven't suffered the injustice that they have suffered, we can empathize. We can choose to look at their story and say, man, I empathize with them because at this basic level, we can connect. And I titled this message because of a movie. I titled this message Inside Out because of a movie uh, made by uh, Walt Disney and uh, Pixar movies. I don't know if you 
have watched the movie. It was released in 2015. It was an animation movie. It won many awards, including an Oscar. And the premise of this movie, the idea of this movie, is that you get to watch what goes on inside this little girl's mind. And she lives by basic emotions. And you get to watch, you know, how the emotions affect her behavior and her experience in life. And watching that movie, you get a sense, you, got, you get reminded that at some point in your life, in my life, that was the totality of our life experience. You might not remember this, but most of us here, if not 99.9% .9 of us here, the first thing we did when we were born is we cried. We, we just let out pure, unadulterated emotion. You know, in, in, in your childhood, as you were growing up, your life experience was about emotion. You were trying to avoid fear, avoid sadness, embrace joy, embrace happiness, and just do whatever you could do to just feel those emotions and experience life through that. But then you started growing up. And you started seeing things and experiencing things. Or even witnessing people that you love, people that you care for, experiencing certain things in life. And, and your, your, your approach to life became more complex. Your history became more complex. The way you were informed about your experiences and, and the way you, your judgment was informed became a little bit more complex. But still, at the very basic level, we have these longings, these desires, these, uh, uh, you know, the, these experiences that we all share. And I believe that every single one of you here has a desire to be good, to live for the purpose that you were designed for. And if you are uncertain of that, we'd like to remind you every single week that you were made for a purpose. That God made you and fashioned you and that you were created for a purpose, a good purpose. To, to impact people's lives for good. To transform those around you for good. To lift up people that have suffered. To do what you can with the talents that you have for good. Uh, but the quote that actually inspired me to share this message with you today is a quote that I read in a C.S. Lewis book. And the quote says, you cannot make men good by law. You cannot make men good by law. And all of us here, we understand that at some level. If you're a high school or college student in the room, you understand this when you read through your school's guidelines and rules. You know, unless those rules on the paper agree 100% with your sense of judgment and what you believe to be right, you will find ways to circumvent and go around those rules. I'm not going to say cheat because, you know, if you're here this morning, you wouldn't do that. But we will, we will work ways to make sure that, you know, whatever rules and guidelines, we can, you know, find ways to bend it. And if you're, if you're here, you might be retired, like I mentioned earlier, and you might be enjoying the fruit of your labor in your later days, and you have had enough experience in life to know that laws and guidelines can be bent and moved to your advantage. And we do that. The reason we do that is because we have this 
duality of what goes on on the inside, how we experience life on the inside, and what goes on on the outside. And there's nothing really on the outside that can make you good on the inside. Even though they can, you can be required to do something good, to act in a good way. Transformation has to come from the inside out. It has to happen from the inside out. Laws can only punish behavior. They cannot, they cannot shape intent. They cannot shape intention. And uh, we find someone in the scriptures, somebody in the scriptures, that found himself in this place because not, I, I believe that most of us want to do good. Most of us want to live for good. I have never met somebody. I don't say, I'm not saying that they're not out there. But I have never met someone who intentionally wants to be bad. Now, their version of good may be skewed. But people want to do good. But in this scripture, we have someone who actually was good. He, was, he did everything right. It's found in Mark chapter 7, verse 17. And he is referred to as the rich young Ruler. Um, and it says, And as he was setting out on his journey, that's Jesus, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Here is a man. Here's a man who, by any judgment and any, you know, you read the scripture and you go like, he, he was all right. He, he never did anything wrong to anybody else. He never hurt anybody else. He never did anything wrong to defraud anybody. He never lied to anybody. He never committed adultery. He never stole. He never killed anyone. But also, he never spoke bad about anybody. He wasn't a gossiper. Like, he never, he never did anything to make somebody's reputation bad. This was a good guy. And when Jesus loved, uh, heard that, it says that Jesus loved him. Like, even Jesus looked at this guy and he was like, Whoa, you're pretty all right. I mean, what's not to love, right? And he was rich. Come on. What's not to love? That's what my wife says every day almost. Babe, what's not to love about you, about me? I'm kidding. I hope so. You know? But there was something missing in his life. This man who lived that type of life approached Jesus and he said, there's still something that's not right. There's something about my life that is just... Not right. And what, what should I do 
to gain that type of life. See, the eternal life here, we think about life after death, right? Eternal life. But really, the word, the proper translation would be everlasting life. And that kind of life is not talking about just eternity after you die. It's talking about right here, right now, the abundant kind of life. How can I enter into a type of life that is full of purpose, full of joy, that I'm, I'm living with no hindrances. There's nothing keeping me back, but I'm just free to be who I was called to be, free from hindrances. And Jesus said, well... You have been obeying the law, great, but there's one thing missing. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't follow what Jesus said. Now, this is what I think was missing. I think that what was missing in his life is inner harmony on the inside. Everything on the outside looked good. But something on the inside was failing. And there's something about music that you can recognize. You might be a musician in the room or something who likes music and you like you're a music geek. Or maybe you don't have that talent. But you can hear when something is out of harmony. You see, if I come to this keyboard right here, I'm not as good as, uh, as our friend Daniel, but I can dab a little bit. I can play a note. Think about melody is that the notes have to agree. And if I come here, I can play in harmony. Let's, I'm going to do a C chord. Ah, you see? The notes agree. And you can hear that the notes agree. Now what if I play this? You hear that, right? There's one bad note. One bad note in this combination. And that's the note you can hear. Right there. The thing about life, the thing about the way you were made and the way you were created, or should I say composed, is that God made us very much like a song. There are notes and there are melodies and they are supposed to agree with, with each other. If you, if you do something that, they're just... That, that, that it doesn't agree with the melody that you were created for, it's not going to feel right. Right? It's not going to... That was my little... It's not going to feel right on the inside. And here's, here's the mentality that we need to switch. Right? Some, some of us, we think, well, as long as I'm not hurting anybody, as long as I'm not doing anything illegal or against the law, I'm all right. Yeah, you could be all right, but if there's something on the inside, then you're, you're stepping into a, a more expansive mind frame of how to live. Because it's not just about what is right and what's wrong. It's about what is right for you. It's about what works for you. See, Paul wrote in the letter to the Corinthians, and he, he said this. He put it this way. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Here's what I believe. I believe that God composed your life like a song. And sometimes we try to play to somebody else's tune. We try to learn somebody else's melody and we say, let me apply that melody to my life. But if the notes don't agree with the song of your life, it's not going to feel right. That's why sometimes you are engaged in an activity that your neighbor or your cousin or your brother might be engaged in. And they're fine with. 
Like they can, they can prosper and they can go forward in that activity. But for you, it doesn't work. That's because that note is not part of your song. That note doesn't belong in your life. And my encouragement to you today is that you may learn. Learn the song. Learn the parts of you that God made and what you were made for. Because you were made for a purpose. That's what Jesus was telling this young man. A lot of people read that scripture and the, the automatic interpretation is, well, if I want to be perfect, i got to sell everything I have and give it to the poor. That's what Jesus was trying to say. That's the point that Jesus was making. No, Jesus was not saying that being poor on purpose makes you perfect. Being poor on purpose makes you poor. That's it. You can be good to other people. You can give. You can be generous. There's nothing wrong with that. But it wasn't a call for every single person to just sell everything. The wealth that he had was hindering him. His problem, what he was seeking to, to, for his life, he couldn't see it. He couldn't experience it because he had too much. And he was occupying his life with something other than what he was supposed to occupy his life with. So you might be in the room and you might be thinking, well, J.D., I got nothing to sell, so I'm good. I got nothing to give away, so I'm good. No, 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 no. All of us, we have dissonant notes in our lives that we need to lay off of, that we need to cut off. Some of us, we need to learn that pause is also music. And you might be in a season where things are paused. Well, it's part of your song. It's part of your melody. In the learning process, you understand that sometimes you need to rest. It's not always about the chorus. It's not always about the bridge. Sometimes you need to pause. There are seasons and ways that, that God will lead you through. But really, we all have areas in our lives where there's that dissonant note that doesn't agree with the melody of our lives. And my encouragement to you is to identify it. And don't do like the rich young ruler. Don't love the things that are keeping you back, that are holding you back so much that you cannot experience life to the fullest. My encouragement to you is that you will sing your song from the top of your lungs and learn to sing it. You know, that's the encouragement that I want to give you. There's a psalm. I want to close with this psalm. And the band can start coming in. Psalm chapter 40, verse 3. This is what David said. He put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. God composed your life like a song. And in your actions, in your goodness, in the way you interact with others, from the inside, from the innermost part of you, not things that people put on you and expect you to act a certain way, from the inside, from that melody, there's life. There is beauty that is meant to come out. And you were made for a purpose. This is the one, the one hope that fires me up every time I see or hear a story of someone suffering. When you connect with somebody who has been suffering, who did not have a good break in life yet. In my heart, there is this hope. And there is this, this place in my heart where I look at their story and I'm like, oh. If you could see the melody that is meant to come out of your life. If you could see the song in your heart. There's hope in that. 
And if you're here this morning and you've, you've been struggling through situations and things and things that are dissonant in your life, things that, like, in that, we empathize and we pray for you and we want to see you come up higher. But in that, there is a beautiful, beautiful hope because the, the, the powerful, exhilarating, amazing thing about all this is that we all can learn our song. We all can learn to sing our song. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Do you mind standing?